have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. The 877-337-6666 is the number to call. So a couple of things. We get back to your calls here momentarily. Mets lose, as you know. Their offense not very good. I know it's just 12 games, but still the big picture issues that we had worried about uh, with this team coming into the year have now showed up so far through the first 12 games. Yankees mash 11 runs uh, mash out 11 runs in Cleveland as they beat uh, the Guardians. And, you know, again, with the Yankees, they do it with you know, Franchi Cordero somehow. I don't understand how the Yankees and Brian Cashman continue to find um, these guys here. But uh, he does. He's good for one a year at the very least. Uh, anyway, the Yanks uh, put up a uh, 11 spot, and they do it with Garrett Cole on the mound. Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in this town by far. Three starts now on the year. 1.40 ERA. He has been dominant. That is an ace. That is the best pitcher in New York and maybe the best pitcher in all of Major League Baseball and Gary Cole. Anyway, so the Mets lose. Yankees get a win. We'll get more into the Knicks and their postseason series with the Cavs starting on Saturday. We'll do that as the week goes on here. Be back again tomorrow, 7 to midnight, so we'll talk more Knicks then. Of course, you have the Mets and Yankees to react to. Rosie and I were talking about the postseason hockey schedule so apparently it starts Monday the 17th. So you got the NBA, which will get underway this weekend, and then Monday the 17th, which we look forward to seeing the Stanley Cup playoff schedule. And then we can start to figure out how the hell we're going to get tickets to go to the Knicks and Rangers games. And the Islanders catch an all-time break. You know what? They slipped up with a bad loss the other night, and the Penguins won up them, losing to the Blackhawks. And now the Islanders win or tie and they need one point from Thursday night's game. Oh, wait. Uh, no, tomorrow night's game, right? Uh, when is that game, Fleas, with the Islanders? When, whenever. The Islanders, when they take on the Canadians, they just need one point, and then they will get uh, their postseason spot. Now, the problem is that they're going to be taking on uh, the Bruins if they get in, and that's not going to be good for anybody, you wouldn't think. But either way, yeah, tonight, the Islanders will be able to get in April. Uh, t- uh, sorry, not tonight. Uh, yes, because it is now officially Wednesday. It is tonight. As it officially Wednesday, Islanders and Canadians out uh, on the island at UBS Arena. 877-337-6666. Steve is calling from Wantaq, New Jersey. What's up, Steve? Um, I am uh, wanted to give you guys a call and give you guys a quick correction. Uh, both you and Rosie said that the Islanders can only play the Bruins in the playoffs, but that's incorrect. If oh, Rosie's messing win, it up so they can, uh, the Islanders still could get the seven seed? Absolutely. If the Islanders win their game Oh, and Florida tomorrow, loses. Okay. In, yeah. If the Islanders win their game tomorrow in um, regulation or in overtime and Florida only gets one point in their final game against Carolina, and you know Carolina's going to be going all out to try and win the division – the Islanders own the second tiebreaker over the Panthers, which is ROW, regulation and overtime wins. The Islanders 
would then take on either Carolina or the Devils. Thank you. You are going to replace Rosie as the hockey insider. I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you very much for clearing yeah. that up. So now you have tomorrow. Excuse me. Let me say because it is now officially Wednesday here on the Fan as we've uh, crossed midnight tonight. Wednesday night, you have the Islanders hosting the Canadians, and then Thursday you have Carolina at Florida. Those are going to be the two games, obviously, that determine where the Islanders sit as far as the standings go uh, in the postseason, assuming that they could get a point or two tonight, and then we'll see what happens with Florida and Carolina. So we need to hope for the Islanders to win and Florida to either tie or lose, or not tie, you know, lose in, uh, in overtime or whatever. One point or less for Florida, and the Islanders get a win, and then the Islanders will be the seventh seed. Yes, as long as the Islanders win their game in regulation or in overtime, right. not in a shootout. Right. Okay, and thank you for clarifying right. that, Steve. We appreciate you checking in. Eli is calling from Washingtonville. What's up, Eli? <clears throat> hey, what's going on? Eli, how uh, are yeah. you this morning? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, just, uh, you know, talking about the Yankees and uh, and their decent start. You know, uh, you know these guys are 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 a decent surprise, which is Cordero and uh, and Brito. But for every two that that Cashman uh, gets a year on these uh, lightning in the bottle players, the the Tampa Bay Rays they they pull out like twenty six. So it's like the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm telling you, Brian Cashman. I, I don't know where you put them when it comes to the you know the GMs of uh, you know standings, but the GM of the Tampa Bay Rays has a quarter of Cashman's uh, payroll, and year after year this guy revamps this team. It's amazing. It's not even just the GM because the Rays have been doing this for a long time. They revamped the team. They do it with no payroll. The Rays, we should mention, off to an 11-0 and start. First time a team has had that hot a start since the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, think about that. 11-0. and The Yankees are 7-4, and and they're four games back of the Rays. Unbelievable. And fine. They, they, they played, you know, uh, you know, weak teams. Fine. But they're pitching Every year they come out with, with, with pitchers that are are mind bogglingly good. And hey, eleven and Brian, zero is eleven and zero. I don't care who you play. I mean, yeah. this is Major League Baseball. But Brian, I'm telling you, Brian Cashman, they should fire Brian Cashman and just go to the Tampa Bay Rays and tell him, "Yo, let me just get one of your front office people." Well, Joe, all, they're not going to fire Brian Cashman. But all kidding aside, I was saying this from a Mets perspective the other day. Maybe Steve Cohen could just buy the Rays, blow up the team, but keep the front office. Exactly. Like that's what you want to do for the Yankees. Have Steinbrenner go out there, buy the Rays, and have everybody in their front office come over. I mean, think about that. It's crazy what they've done with nothing. And then we we hear filling up roster spots with a fifty million dollar player in 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 uh that guy covering third base. What's his name? Uh, Donaldson. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. Yeah, IKF and and Aaron Hicks. We can't find replacements for those guys, and and the Rays are just throwing out. Guys that are, are batting three hundred and and pitches with ERA sub sub one. Yeah, I mean like, you can't you can't look though at what they're doing. I look what they've done, Eli. It's you can't explain it. I mean it's remarkable what Tampa has done. But you can't. You'd always rather be the Yankees every day of the week. I mean the Yankees have had the sustained success. I know they haven't been to or won a World Series since two thousand nine. But you take the Yankees 
any day of the week. Plus, there's an excitement factor with the superstars that the Yankees have, star power. The Rays don't really have that. Look, you give them credit, you tip your cap, they've been remarkable, but you still rather be the Yankees. Yeah, of course, because you have that payroll. But imagine the front office of the Tampa Bay Rays with a Steinbrenner, you know, as their as their owner. Like, we have a super team every year. But don't you think that that could impact the way you do business? Like, in other words, if the Rays had the ability to spend the way that the Yankees did, there would be more mistakes made. Let's just say that. I disagree. Well, no, no. Well, you don't think they would go out there and get Garrett Cole if they could, the Rays? Uh, but this, I'm telling you, they would, they would revamp the – they could recognize talent. Look how long, look how long of a time the Yankees have been without a starting pitcher. Uh, I'm talking about developed. Like our last pitcher that we developed is injured all, all the time. Right. And these guys find aces, aces after. No, aces I know aces. that. But what I'm saying is, and thank you for the call, Eli. What I'm saying is, if you have, you know, a lot of times the Rays or the teams that don't have a high payroll. A lot of times they get saved from making a big mistake. Let's use Cleveland, for example. Yankees are playing them, right? They get game three of their series coming up later on this afternoon, the rubber match of that three-game set. Cleveland, for example, they were not going to be able to pay Francisco Lindor. They were put in a spot where they had no choice but to trade him. The Mets, however, had a choice. They could go out there and make that trade. Cleveland had no choice but to make that deal. And look what they did. It turned them into forcing their way with Francisco Lindor, you know, having to trade him. And then they get Jimenez, Rosario. They bring players in, cheaper players. And you could argue Jimenez has been just as productive, maybe more productive, than Lindor. So they were kind of forced into making a move that no organization would want to make, and they made the most of it. And the Mets, because they have the ability to make a big move like that, they trade a young star in Jimenez, on top of Rosario as well, for a big-time contract, an expensive player, one who failed in his first year. Now, I love Lindor, and I'm not saying that you you wouldn't do that trade over. I think that's one of those rare spots where both teams won that trade. But you get my point? Maybe a better example would be, uh, I don't know, pick a bad, you know, look, I can't even bring up the Robinson Cano one. Uh, Josh Donaldson, for example. It was a stupid move by the Yankees, but the Yankees had the ability to take on that salary where the majority of teams wouldn't have the ability to take on that salary. But nobody would want him anyway, so maybe that's a bad example. You know, think of a a high-priced free agent signing that any team would go out there and try to make, but that certain teams like the Rays don't have the ability to do so. They're not going to make the mistake like that because they can't make the mistake. When we sit here and think about, oh, my God, how could you give this guy, you know, five years, $30 million a year, what a disaster of a contract that is. Well, the Rays don't have the ability to even make those mistakes. That's my point. You know, Jacoby Ellsbury, you don't think that there's a team, every team in baseball at that time wanted Jacoby Ellsbury? The Yankees were the ones who could afford him, and it led them to making a huge mistake with him. Phillip is calling from Farmingdale. What's up, Phillip? Uh, 
Sal, I went to the game tonight, Sal. Yeah, and? The Mets, Mets have got to start hitting, Sal. Tonight, you know, uh, my my girlfriend's a Yankee fan, so she's, she's, uh, she thinks, I think the Mets will win the division if they play better, but they got to start playing better. The division, forget about the division. By the way, can you turn the radio down in the background a little bit? It's distracting Sal, here. Sal, I hope the Mets win them all. You think they'll win? Uh, I don't know. I, I got to let you go, Phil. I appreciate you calling. I can't hear myself on the radio in the background. It's distracting because, believe it or not, I love listening to myself. You are, though, on to, to something, Phil. Uh, I agree. And I, I think consensus here uh, in the studios, Fleegs also agrees, play better. I think you're on to something there. They need to play better. And your girlfriend's also on to something, being a Yankee fan. Look, the Mets ultimately will be fine here, even if it's a down year. And I felt that, you know, you don't want to believe it, but I, you feel like this could have been the step back year. Huge step forward last year. Maybe this is the step back year. And then next year is the year they go out there and win it all and win three in a row or four in a row. I mean, you know, or four or five, something like that. Those are... Now, not that you would ever have those as realistic expectations for anybody, but the expectations are that this team's going to be in contention every year from now on with Steve Cohen as the owner. I think that's all you could ask for. The results maybe not uh, going to be there this year. When things happen like Diaz getting hurt in stupid WBC for the entire season, maybe that's a sign. Now, again, it's 12 games in. I still think this team is going to be a playoff team. And if they make the playoffs and have Verlander and Scherzer actually healthy and pitching at the top of their games, anything could happen. Long way to go. But, man, have there been a lot of signs. You know, it's just 12 games. Yeah, it is early, but there have been a lot of signs that this might not, in fact, be the year for the Mets. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Nice and early, Hector. Well, you're on nice and early, so what do you want me to do? Well, that is true. I guess it's kind of late for the show, but early for us. Usually we're talking at 3 in the morning. It's now only, uh, you know, just after midnight. Exactly, But guess who's going home early tonight? Me and you. Yes, sir. I yes, like sir. it. I like it, Hector. Yes, yes. It, it's just kind of nice. Kind of nice. So how much time we got here? Because I kind of want to have some fun before we get into the nitty-gritty stuff. Go Maybe ahead. We got plenty of time, yeah. <laughs> well, the first thing is, I kind of agree with Rosie before he left there that uh, it's kind of a little upsetting. And, and listen, I, I agree with you. A, I've said the same thing. It probably wasn't going to happen. But I would have liked to see the attempt oh, of the Mexico. Oh, stop. There's at least no try it. way. At least try it. They, they, it, it even on. if it doesn't happen, Sal, at least the attempt. That's the beauty of, of having, like you like to say, what is it, AC? What, after the, Cohen? Yeah, the after Cohen match? What, so you can, so you can, can be embarrassed? You would have looked pathetic. The Mets trying to get Aaron Judge only to be turned down because he was never going to any other team aside from the Yankees anyway. I think it makes the Mets look even smarter that they didn't go after Judge because they knew there was no chance he was leaving there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I guess I understand. Like I said, I don't want to get too crazy about it. If it were any other team that Judge was a free agent on, Right, if you were leaving any of the team, you're 100 percent right. But because it's the Yankees, realistically, there's no way Judge would ever leave the Yankees. Period. Nor would he ever leave the Yankees for the Mets. Just no way. You know, listen, sir, I'm not here to disagree with you. Like yeah. I said, you're probably right, and I agree that he probably would have never left. I still would have liked to see him. Understood. Try. Understood. But you know, we'll move on. Another fun thing, and I kind of miss. I don't know what you said exactly. But did you? Did I hear you say 
talking about going to Yankee Stadium just in old Yankee stuff. Like, are we selling out here? Too? No, like, no. The so they were so a caller brought that up. I think it might have been Jimmy in Jersey City. As a matter of fact, he was saying, "Oh, aren't I going to wear?" He was saying because I'm filling in for Keith. Aren't I wearing a Yankee stuff? And I was like, "No, of course not." And then I jokingly said, "I." I said, no, I would never do that unless, of course, the owner invites me to sit in his you know suite what? and gave me the free merch. That was, that was a good one. Come on, Sal. Sal, listen. Oh, man. That, whatever. But that was a good one by Jimmy. I'm not going to lie. That was funny. That was actually good. But let's move on here. You know, I actually saw a couple of guys dressed in all Yankee gear today at City Field. Yeah, I don't get it. We had a caller say that before. He's like, oh, I'm a Yankee fan. I was at the game last night. I saw it when we were there, Hector, on Saturday. A bunch of Yankee fans. I don't we care. We were there Saturday? What's well, that? That's right. We were there together. Yeah, that's yes. Right. I what do you mean? How I'm could joking. you forget? Jeez. I'm joking. I'm oh. joking. I'm joking. Um, I'm trying to play it off. Yo, know, like, I was like, what, what, what are you? I mean, come on. What's going on here? I'm uh, trying to act like it's not a big thing to me. You know, it's an honor still to hang out with you for even oh, three years. Oh, stop. Hey, yo, listen, let me. I'm glad you reminded me. The half an inning or whatever it was that you went to get something, beverage, whatever the heck it was. That I spent talking to your wife. That, I, almost better than talking to you. Dude, that but you, great, uh, t- come on, you saw some of the fire. You saw some of that, didn't you? Now, I did see the fire. I feel bad for you, bro. <laughs> I did see the fire. Yo, oh, man, she plays no games. That's one tough cookie you got there. You're not but, kidding. I forget what it was about, but she started to get on Hector. I was like, you see? You see what I'm talking about here? She's yeah, a little firecracker yeah. at times. You <laughs> said one thing, and she was like, what was it? Oh, the Shake Shack. Oh, man. Oh, right. So I was, to just to fill people in a little bit, my, my wife, you know, we go to the Met game on Saturday, met up with oh, Hector or whatever, and I was asking my wife, all right, what do you want to eat? And she was steadfast on freaking Shake Shack. And I know better, much like Hector, you know, if you go, anybody, any of us who go to City Field, like, you know that that's not the spot you can go because the lines are going to be ridiculous. And Saturday might as well have been opening day because everywhere we went, it was crowded. So my wife kept saying Shake Shack, and I was kind of trying to push her off of it. And then Hector goes, so what do you want to eat? And it was, it was something, and she said Shake Shack again. And we were both like, eh. And then she flipped out. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, why you ask me for yeah, like, right. Why do you even ask me if you don't want to hear the answer? Which she happens to be right. But in this case, I wanted to steer in the right direction. And by the way, I don't even know if we told you this. I think I think we did. I ended up steering her and myself in the right direction. We went to have that Jacob's Pickle new sandwich, the spicy chicken sandwich with the donut. Oh, my God. Was it mouth-watering? It was delicious. You, you did mention that, and I almost tried it today, but I already had dinner before I went to the game. So, like, you know what? And I had seats right in that section there today. So I was very tempted, but I said, you know what? Be responsible. You'll be here many times. There will be another shot. So let's wait till then. Um, but yeah, man, that that was a great time with you and your wife. Um, and hopefully we'll do it again. It was uh, it was now, it was great to be out there and, and to see you and hang out and just to be out uh, at the ballpark again. Looking and we got a W, a code W, baby. That yeah. was the best part about it. Always when you get a W, unlike tonight. That I got a nasty, nasty loss out that makes me sick. It really makes me sick because, you know, people are going to focus at the end of the game and then Buck do this and do he pinch a needle and what are we doing. And all of that is good, but we have plenty of chances. We can even the first inning where they let this kid get away. They let this kid get away. You know how it happens. You let a pitcher get away, even if you're a rookie, and you don't get to him early, he settles down and 
I don't know, man. That kid's fastball looked live. Like, I don't know. They took some of those fastballs and looked like they was jumping in on them. But there were still chances. When you got your your big bats come up and, and, and don't get it done, like, I, I I just can't let that by. Like, that that's what really sticks to me. And it's the same thing with this offense, the lack of pop. And so I know everybody's focusing on Beatty. And I'm not here to argue whether Beatty should come up or not because we know he should have been here probably from the beginning of the season. But the more and more I think about it, Sal, the more I look at this Ronnie Mauricio kid, the way his body has filled up. We've had this kid in the system since, what, 16 years old. And this kid has done on a tear this year for whatever reason. Because he went to the Winter Leagues. People don't respect the Winter Leagues. Okay. He went to spring training, and he killed that. People don't respect spring training. Okay. He's gone into the minors now, and is killing that. He is showing that there's nothing those guys down there have for him. Why not bring that kid up here? Give him two weeks, three weeks. Let him DH, lefty, righty. I don't care who's pitching. And let's see what we got. Maybe this is his time. Maybe this kid takes off and gives us everything that we need and, 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 and gives us that spark. Why not? Why not, Sal? Like, I, I, I've well, at enough. some point, at <laughs> some point, they're, they're going to have to make that decision, Hector. And as always, thank you for the call. Always great to hear from you. And it was great seeing you out at City Field. I forgot I really didn't talk about it. I didn't even recap my whole weekend because yesterday I was doing the show with Tiki, filling in for BT. So it was kind of a different show because not my own. And I'm you know doing it with somebody. So I didn't get to, to some of those topics. And here we are now on, uh, well, Wednesday morning, but the Tuesday night. So I forgot about the weekend. But it was a great time out there uh, at City Field on Saturday, and the, the scoreboard looks great. Fleeks, what do you think of the new scoreboard? Because it looked big in pictures. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be too big. And then I saw it in person. I thought it's perfect. I mean, I think it's beautiful. It's both huge, but it also looks perfect. Like you almost say, oh, how did we live without this scoreboard yeah. in the past? It always looked weird to me with the screen being too small for like the billboards around it kind of dominated it. So it's nice to see the... Full and the ad is in the perfect place. There's a little banner at the bottom. One of the, I mean, listen. Every change that Steve Cohen has made to City Field has been a positive one. The all the banner ads on the video boards being the same company at one time, so you don't have a million different colors jumping out at you. It's just one company in one shot. Plus, now that big board, it's just, I mean, it's visually perfect. Did you try any of the new food at City Field yet? I know you've probably been there a couple of times already. Tonight was my second game. We tried the. New La Frida uh, double burger that they have upstairs. Now, behind. where is that? That is behind home plate in the 500s. Okay. See, I was assuming all the main food would be on the main level. That is not the case. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, we also we couldn't find the the Jacob's pickles, the fried chicken sandwich that people like. I don't think we were going to get it because of the glazed donut buns. Oh, but dude. We, we couldn't even find it. I'm telling you, it's messy. If you could get a fork and a knife somehow, do it with that. But oh, it you was- had it. Oh, yes. Where is it? So it is in, it's left field, but the second level. 300's left field. So you have to go, if you go back by where Pat LaFrieda is back there, and he shakes oh, that Oh, that escalator that only goes up to that section? Right there. Oh, you we t- never go up there because you can't, like, we're in the 300's, but you can't get to the rest of the 300's Somebody from there. did tell me, though, and I didn't do this, but somebody told me you can now walk through. That's, oh, really? That's what I was told. Oh, that would be huge. I don't know if that's the case. Because we go out there all, like, in that center field, like, my dad likes the steak sandwich, I'll right. go get Shake Shack or... Sure. Uh, the amazing chicken companies out the there, fries, all that stuff is right. Right. So then, so that's what I was looking for. But that's then, a no. game changer because we also saw they made a lot of that like 
sweet seating, or they did something out of those left field. It's actually seats. awesome up there. It's first of all, it's a great vantage point. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool because you're high up. The angle doesn't look as bad as you would normally think, and they have a whole bar area right there, and then that Jacob's pickle section, it, dude. It's must-do. You have to try that. And no, now that I know where it is, I'll be there probably when we go on the next homestand. Like I, I took a picture and tried to zoom in. My dad and I were trying to figure out what it is with the new seating they put in there. Kind of like I did to the bald guy sitting behind home plate <laughs> yeah. that I thought was you and texted you the picture. It said, are you sitting in Evan's seats? I was not uh, at the game. But I'm telling you, I'm excited to go to more games, not just because of the food, but it was such a great atmosphere. They really did a nice job. Only and- downside, and this is not the Mets. I know this is a city. Parking jumps from 28 a game to 40 a game. 28 to 40 per game. Okay. Now that the team is good and they know people are going to be showing up, they can raise the parking prices. Yeah, and look, I can't blame them. I got to be honest on this one. I do not pay for parking. Usually I'm able to go and get a uh, you know a media pass for park. So, I, yeah. I, look, I did my time. I paid plenty of, plenty of times. And if I had Listen, to, the I fact, would. If they didn't take that away after last year with the division, then you have a pass for life. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, right. Now that I say that, I'll be off the list forever. But, no, I mean, I, I would if I had to, I would. It's, but it does suck. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, 40 bucks per parking. That's that's up there. We joke about how Steve Cohen, you know, could be the next George Steinbrenner. If that was George and you made a prediction like that and his team and they lost the division, you might have been banned. He'd never allow me back. I know you're right. He would have he blamed me. He would have been irrational like the callers that I yell at. Uh, anyway, it was great, and I forget. Uh, what- yeah, the, the original point, the video board. It's it's just so clean, it's so perfect. It's just, I mean, visually, it's stunning. They fixed the out of town scoreboard. You can't see who's on the bases, but now every game is on there in one shot. It's not rotating the games where last August and September you're seeing the Braves score go off, and then you have to wait five minutes for it to come back. No, around. I hate that. They're all there. They're locked into the same place. It's it's just, and I sit like up the third base line, but like kind of close enough to behind the plate, like before you get to third base. So you just look straight up ahead, and there are these two beautiful scoreboards with all the information you can need, great replays. They replaced the TVs on the concourses that used to face the side. Now they face back, and their big screen TVs. It's just all the little changes to City Field over the last three years Incredible. have all been great. Yeah, Hector did confirm you can walk through. That is a game changer now. That's it, because I remember... The first time we went up that escalator, oh, we're in the 300s, and you couldn't walk through, that absolutely is a game changer. Yeah, you have to go back down, then around, right. and then up. And you would have to go down because the escalator only goes up. So we went up, found out we were trapped. You have to walk down the stairs, then, then walk over. around to another up escalator. Yeah. No, and, that's big. Yeah, and next time I go, I'm going to check out the Lafrida, the the double burger there or whatever. Yeah, I got, we, got, we, uh, we got each got a burger, and we split a loaded fry. Very good. What about the empanadas? Have you had that? Or Not just, yet. No, do you the, know where so it is? on opening day, we walked around and checked out everything, and by the time we were done, it was kind of close to the start of the game, and my dad wasn't that hungry, so I just grabbed the chicken fingers that were behind us, and today we got there an hour and a half early, so and we will, wanted to do the double burger first. I will say that, do you know where the empanadas thing is or no? I don't remember because okay. we walked around and found everything except for the pickles. I will last time. say that there's nothing better than sometimes the chicken tendies. And those Nathan's fries, man. I got them today because we ate. We got there and ate at five thirty. So after the seventh inning, we got hungry again. I went out and got a thing of chicken tenders. Normally they give you three or four. Yeah. There were twelve in that basket oh, that we split. Yeah, that's so good. And those Nathan's crinkle cut fries. Those, oh, and they were. I like them burnt a little bit. These ones were like burnt, so they're brown. Oh, it was perfect. My wife and I both, and my wife is very difficult to please.
especially with food, but very difficult to please. And with the food, we she loved it. We both absolutely loved that Jacob's Pickle spicy chicken sandwich, so make sure you check that out. Your official station to talk Yankees, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. It's weird. i got to get used to these new hours for the next several weeks. And I don't know if we're going to be having the same callers. For example, Stuart in Brooklyn, who you know I love, is one of my favorite callers, calls all the time. It's nappy time for him right now. He's probably sleeping right now, right? Fleecy calls at usually 3 a.m. Right. Stuart wakes up at 3. You'll have the early callers who, because, again, you did a lot of 12 to 5s. Right. So you'll have a lot of those same callers. But then, the, like, we'll miss out on Eric because Eric wakes up right. around, like, 4 o'clock. So Eric and Stuart, you're probably not going to talk to for a while. Right. Eric and Stuart, they're going to have to change their sleep schedule, which I don't know if it's going to happen. Now, Stuart is going to miss out because right now we have one of his favorite callers on the line, Nicole and Ron Konkama. Nicole, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How's it going? Good. Were you at the Met game last night? I was not. Um, I was there on opening day and Easter Sunday. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, which was it, Easter Sunday is always a day that my daughter and I go. We kind of do this whole like, this is our house of worship. And that's how we celebrate Easter Sunday. So uh, I respect so, it. Yeah. What's that? I respect it. Yeah. We have a good. And, and by the way, when she was a little girl, I used to actually take her there in her Easter dress. <laughs> to city or Shea Stadium at the time? Yeah, to Shea Stadium at the time. Well, it's nice that and, you carry on that tradition. What's that? It's nice that you carry on that tradition. Yeah, and it's great that she's, she's like, you know, going to be 21 now, and she's still, uh, like, available. <laughs> and now she'll be buying you drinks at the game. No, not yet, but you know, soon, soon enough. Hopefully. Yeah, soon enough. We uh, we we realize she, she's she's actually she'll be twenty one in June, so she was telling me on opening day, like, "Mom, this is my last opening day with my, you know, like not being able to drink." Okay, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we had a great time. You know, I will say the things that they've done in City Field have been so amazing as far as like all of the new concessions and um, like stuff is super expensive, but if you're there, like you're, you're going there for the experience. And if you're a season ticket holder, you get a little, little bit of a discount, not much, 10%, whatever, but it's still, you know, a good time. Right. You can't worry about And look, I understand that everybody's financial situation is different, but you know, I've always tried to have this mentality that you you can't worry about in certain spots the price of things because you know going in if you're going to a game you're going to take it on the chin. I mean, it's just that simple. It's expensive, so go there knowing that and try not to let it ruin your time. And there are some great things available out at City Field, and I'm looking forward honestly to seeing what Yankee Stadium has to offer too. I'm going to try to at least get out there for a game because I know they do a great job. But City Field really has become a a great place to watch a ball game. One hundred percent. I'm actually I'm going to a game on uh, to uh, Yankee Stadium. I think on Thursday, a friend of mine invited me to, and 
he's literally like the biggest Yankee fan I know. And he's like, yeah, I know that it doesn't compare to City Field. So you could just come and we're at a suite and it's going to be fine, but it's not anything as good as, you know, the concessions and the the viewing. One of the things my daughter told me was, Mom, I would hate to work at Yankee Stadium. You can't see the field from any of the places that you're working at. Mm. And in City Field, you can see them from everywhere. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't think of it like that. But City Field, great sight lines and all that stuff. But uh, the, the one thing you may not want to see is the Mets offense. No, no, you definitely don't want to see that right now. But I mean, this, I, I don't feel like tonight was a terrible showing. I think Peterson did a decent job. He did what he had to do. Um, you know, it's it. It wasn't like we weren't embarrassed. <laughs> oh, that's the standards. Let's not get embarrassed now. I mean, think about it. The Mets early on in that game with Alonzo having a chance with the bases loaded did not get the job done. They missed an opportunity. Obviously, Canada didn't get the job done following him and they squander an opportunity to score, uh, you know, some runs with the bases loaded and nobody out. And then just and on and on we go. Ninth inning, Alvarez not getting it done throughout the course of the game. I mean, you know, the Mets with just five hits. I don't think Alvarez is ready, and I think there's a reason why that why he hasn't been here yet because someone saw that he was not ready, and he is choking. He is. He seems like you can see the anxiety in his eyes. You can see that he is. I mean, he's taking those those heaters upstairs that are just like, what are you doing? Hmm. Yeah, and, he, he looks. He looks overmatched. Like a young kid, he looks like a deer in the headlights. He looks overmatched. There's no question about it. And you hope, Nicole, and thank you for the call. Nicole, you have any message for Stuart? You know he's a big fan of yours. Hey, Sue. I think he's going to like that. Thank you, Nicole. All right. See you soon. Yeah, talk to you later. Um, <laughs> Stuart, we got to save that, please. And the next time I do talk to Stuart, we'll play that for him. He'll uh, He'll like that audio. Um, anyway, Alvarez is overmatched right now, and maybe if he gets regular playing time moving forward, that may change. But you know, and, and there were way too many expectations and high hopes for Alvarez, and the idea that he could be an impact player right away. He's a nine-hole hitter for this team right now, and the Mets need him. Unfortunately, it shouldn't be that way. If Brandon Nimmo, if Marte, Lindor, and Alonzo were doing what they need to do, then it wouldn't be so much focus on Francisco Alvarez. Linda's calling from Forest Hills. What's up, Linda? Hi, Sal. <laughs> Hi, Linda. How are you? Could be better as a Mets fan these days, I'll tell you that. Um, Sal, I appreciate your your positive outlook. And the fact that, that it is early, but this this team stinks. <laughs> Linda, wait a minute. They don't stink. <laughs> I mean, right now well, they're, not they playing their, they're not playing their best. They don't stink, but they're not playing their best. Well, I, I can't believe Buck makes out these lineup cards with a straight face. Okay? Tim Locastro, Daniel Vogelback. Um, well, they, they, those guys weren't in the lineup. You have a fourth outfielder who is your DH in Marcana. Okay, it's it's just it's not fun. 
It's not fun. When they, this team is the only team, Sal, that has come through the fewest amount of times. How many times have they had the bases loaded so far this season? And have barely come through. This is not fun, Sal. Well, it's it's twelve games in. I mean, and they I'm, they've won half okay. of them. I mean, you've been okay, okay. how long you been a Mets games. fan? How, how long you been a Mets fan, Linda? Twenty five years. Right. So you remember the BC Mets, don't you? Before uh, Cohen, I rem- I remember the the disappointment and the tears in ninety nine and two thousand. Right. Well, I mean, the Yankees it, celebrated on Shea Stadium grounds. Well, and those are the best years that they've had. I mean, you, I'm talking about the bad years, the bad bad years, the real lean years. So you can't say this is not fun when yet twelve games in, it doesn't look great for a World Series team, well, highest payroll in baseball. It's, it's twelve games in, then it's going to be twenty games in, then it's going to be fifty games in. You know, correct. This is why. This is why. I don't trust Billy Epler. I don't. I don't. You know, when right, you but this guys... is basically the same team. The one thing I will say, Linda, and, that... and oh, sorry, thank you for the call. I thought we were done there. We got to take a break here. Anyway, it's basically the same team that won 101 games a year ago. The one thing I will say, and I didn't finish this thought before with Hector when he called, when he brought up uh, the idea of bringing up Mauricio. You know, there's going to be a point where they may have to make a move like that, whether it's Vientos or Mauricio, and just let those guys get an opportunity at DHing, strictly DH. And then the Mets could have the platoon of Fam and Canna in left field. You want to give Canna a day off or give Canna you know, uh, some time at first base or center field, whatever, fine. But they need... Instead of using the DH the way that they use it, because they're not, you know, they're using the DH spot as a spot to get guys in and give guys rest, similar to what the Yankees do. The difference is they don't have the power, they don't have the offensive guys that the Yankees do. Talking about Tommy Pham and Mark Hanna. One's a bench player in Pham, and the other's a, I mean, borderline. He should be probably a fourth outfielder on a really good team. Or a guy who you try to get in the lineup as much as you can as a fourth outfielder slash DH, center fielder, for you know, first base, whatever, left field. That's what you're looking at. Maybe Mauricio or Vientos can actually provide some con- consistent production from the DH spot, which is something the Mets just have not had since the inception of the DH in the National League. 877-337-6666. Where are the Yankee fans that want no issues? You guys don't want to call and talk about the Yankees because they're too good? What about Volpe? How about you brag about Garrett Cole being the best pitcher in baseball? What about Franchi Cordero? Can you believe it? Another gem from Brian Cashman. happened you talked about it on the fan the most successful team in the history of professional sports starting the new millennium the new york yankees are once again world champions when new york sports happens talk about it here the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app Sal kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Taking your calls till 2 a.m. 
as we discuss the Mets and the Yankees. And Fleeks and I were just talking about something that we've had this discussion dating back to last year as far as Mark Canna goes. We were talking about, I said Canna was kind of a fourth outfielder. And uh, maybe I didn't mean it like that. He's a guy that you want in the lineup, but not a guy that I would want specific in the, you know, saying he couldn't make, um, to, to me, he should not be an everyday relied upon corner outfield guy, especially in that outfield that also has Brandon Nimmo. So when you look at the production of Canna, of Nimmo, you know, the Mets statistically have these guys that are going to get on, if Vogel back, the same thing. They're going to get on base. Problem is, without hits, what good is getting on base? You need hits to drive these guys in. Canna could be an okay everyday player, whether it be some in the outfield, some at DH. And by the way, I like Mark Canna. He is not the problem. The problem is he should be in the seventh spot in the lineup. Mark Canna and his offensive numbers belong in the seventh hole, not the five hole. The Mets don't have a five hitter, so now it moves everything up, which messes everything up. Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, blank, McNeil, Canna, eventually Beatty as opposed to Escobar. And I still have an issue with catcher, but it's the same old, same old stuff. And I don't know if Mauricio or Vientos are going to be up anytime soon contributing, but you would think if they continue to rake and the Mets continue to struggle offensively, at least one of them is going to get an opportunity. But Beatty, to me, seems the most legit, and maybe that's because we saw him a little bit last year at the major league level. He could be an impact bat. He could change the look of that lineup a little bit. Let's say they actually get a five-hitter via the trade deadline like they didn't get last year. Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, acquired five-hitter, McNeil, Canna, Beatty, and then the catcher spot. Beatty would be in the eighth spot in that idea, Then you in, in that lineup. I mean, that's a pretty solid lineup. Yeah, right. Alvarez in the ninth spot. And that's a bonus, whatever you get. And you hope that he could turn into the impact bat, but that's the kind of lineup... You know, and again, that's going to take Beatty coming up, and it's going to take the Mets acquiring the five-hitter that we have known they've needed for a long time. Uh, Adele is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Adele? Hey, what's up, Sal? How you doing, man? Good. How are you, Adele? Good, man. I, man, to be honest with you, I haven't called in years, man. I Why? Think for, oh, no, I always listen, man. I'm more oh. of a listener than a caller. Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, hey, Sal, cool, man. It's uh, nice to talk to you, man. Uh Bro, I haven't. Oof. First time I called was when Beningo um, and um, my man Sid were together, and they were oh, talking wow. boxing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm a Mets fan, and um, I don't know, man. I, 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 okay. So my feeling as a Mets fan is, if it's close. I don't think Uncle Stevie will let us down. I think Uncle Stevie will do something crazy. I don't. I, I don't understand the the the, the pessimism uh, with Mets fans. It's not like they aren't willing to do a trade as big like a, another Lindor or, or another impact trade. If if that's what it so you know. Oh, if the right move is there, like, yeah. put it this way: they're not. If Manny Machado was a free agent, and obviously he's not going to be, the Padres locked him up. Steve Cohen be all in on him. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani, the Mets are going to be all in on him. I've been saying this consistently. Nobody will outbid 
the Mets. Now, that doesn't mean that Otani's going to sign with the Mets. He may choose to stay on the West Coast. He may want to wear the pinstripes. Who the hell knows? But nobody will outbid Steve Cohen for Shohei Otani. I'm comfortable in saying that. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. That that, that sort of gives me a little a little swagger as a Mets fan. Uh, so I'm not, I can't I can't worry. It's too early. I, I we're going through our going through our bumps. Uh, yeah, Diaz hurt, man. <laughs> that one hurt, but uh, I I think we'll we'll be okay. Well, I I want to see more of the season play out. And how do you feel about um, Alvarez? Uh, what what tack would you take with him? Uh, I, I remember would, you. Yeah, I would ahead. play him, Adele. I I would play him, and thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. You get back to us. I would continue to play him. The he, t- to me, he looks overmatched. He looks like a rookie. He looks like a kid that for now the game is a little too big for him. He's got to relax and play his game. Stay within himself. All those cliches that you hear about, but he's also got to get some consistent playing time. So if I'm the Mets, I let him know, hey, relax. You're not going anywhere. We're not going to send you down. We're going to give you some run here. Batting him ninth is not the end of the world. You know, they could survive with him struggling at the at you know, at the plate on occasion if he's hitting in the ninth spot. But you need to see some kind of improvement, and eventually you hope that. He hits a couple of homers and can relax and get himself going. But if he's here, he's got to play. If you send him down, or if you're if he's not going to play, then you got to send him down. If he's going to be you treated like a backup, just send him down and let him develop. It's unfortunate that the Narvaez injury happened because again, the timing for Alvarez, much like last year. Not ideal. And you hope it doesn't hurt him as far as his confidence goes. Walter is on Long Island. What's up, Walter? Hey, Sal. Thanks for taking my call tonight. Thank you for making it, Walter. What's up? Um, So I was at the game on Sunday. I'm going to the game tomorrow. I've been watching the game so far this season. And we can all debate the moves that have been made or should have been made and what the lineup is, what they need. I, one of the things I don't understand with the lineup is why Showalter seems to be just stuck on the same people in the same spots every day. Like, why not put McNeil second? Why not put uh, Marte fifth behind well, Marte, Alonso, give him some protection? Marte wants Marte consistency. You there? It's just, yeah. yeah, I'm here. It's just, it's just like, it's just like what, what they're doing now, it, it, it's, some days it works, and some days not. There's no consistency. No, and- no, there is consistency. Matter of fact, I would say Buck Showalter and the Mets have one of the most consistent lineups run out there every day. Look at it last year. It's it, you know it. It's Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonso. You know McNeil. You know you know where they're going to be. McNeil sometimes five, sometimes six, but he's right there. Like you basically could predict the Met lineup day to day. You can't do that with many other teams. So Marte, no, that- Marte's a creature of habit. They, I mean, that was the way that it was last year. He doesn't care where he hits as long as you let him know, or he doesn't care if he's in right field as long as you leave him alone. So now he's got acclimated. He's the right fielder, and he's going to be hitting second. That's his thing. That's that's why he's not hitting fifth. Right. Another thing is that I, I love a lot of people, and I, I try to have the same mentality too, that it's early in the season. But with the way they change the schedule and that there's less games against your opponents in the division, as well as the National League, the games against the other teams in the league have less of an impact or can have less of an impact on the schedule. And so these games, even though they're early, have more of an importance than they have in the past. Because of the National League on National League, you're saying? 
What, well, just also because not everybody plays everybody, so they have less games. And it's, even though the Dodgers are less of an impact, that could be a wild card spot that that matters. And you know, there's like only ten games against the Braves this season, where we had was it like eighteen or something last year, where like it came down to the wire. Those last three games don't exist now this season. If that were something like that were to occur, so which so games we, are you saying mean more? The division games because there are fewer of them. All National League games mean more now, whether it's division or even National League, because you don't have as many. So you, if if they're in the hunt for the for the a division, and let's say in the season. And you're coming down to the wire. They have no more games against the Braves or the Phillies if that happens. Well, you're right, but that's division. I don't think it matters against the Padres because how would you – you know, they're playing the Padres the same amount of times. Right, but I'm just saying, like, well, sometimes some of them are two games instead of three, and then one game could wind up being a difference. It just it makes these AL games more meaningless and takes away from the impact of the games against the National League, which have more of an impact well, on their stance. Well, if Fleas are saying it knocked off maybe four league games total, division, I agree with you, Walter, and thank you for the call. League-wise, I don't think that that's the case because I feel like if they're knocking off four games total, it's not that big of a deal. Look, every you want to win every game. But the division games, for sure, are going to be more important because there are fewer of them. I mean, it's just simple as simple as that. There are less games. With the Bra- Let's use the Braves as an example. You want to win those games. Not as many opportunities to get back at them and, and gain ground head-to-head on Atlanta. So those 10 games now become much more important. 